Alumni Podcast with Tech and Prem. It's the Vid Alumni Podcast. I'm Tech. He's Prem. And I, I'm telling you, I'm just I'm trying to wrap my head around being completely ready for this conversation. That we yeah, have well, to we have expected right we expected our conversation today to be about tonight's World Series game one, which, you know, in in many alterations of reality, the Phillies are playing in World Series game one tonight. But in this version of reality, they managed to pull off the biggest collapse, in my opinion, Tech. After 1964, obviously, we know what they did in 64. Yeah. In modern Phillies history, I think this is the worst postseason exit in modern Phillies history because of the expectations. We expected them to win the World Series. No, you're right. If they would have won the National League, we expected them to win the World Series. You're right. This this, this, uh, broke my heart. Right in the same way that '93 did, but you're right. The expectations are the it wasn't there in '93. In '93, they were misfits that got lucky. Right, to get there. that's what I'm saying. The expectations are the difference between this exactly. and that. It was and, really, and, really tough to see these guys go down in flames like that. Right, and I mean, they're similar comparisons to 2011, which was also a collapse. Comparable. But, but the NLDS is the NLDS. It wasn't the NLCS. This was the worst. This was really bad. This was the worst. This was like that, that last game at the Vet, the Eagles and the Bucks. Trey, Bryce, and Castellanos had combined like 0 for almost 30 in the last two games at the bank. Unbelievable. Or something like that. Um, it was an organizational failure from the top down. I heard a lot of chatter about who do you blame, the players or the manager? Listen, it's the players, the manager, and the GM. They all get blamed. It starts, all right, Dombrowski, he went cheap. The reason why your manager lost you game four was he went to a guy with a dead arm. Now, here's the deal. Dombrowski went cheap in the offseason, decided to do a $10 million deal one year with right. Craig Kimbrough, uh, a guy nobody else wanted on the market. Right. He had a dead arm in, in, heading into the postseason last year, which is why he got left off the Dodgers Which roster. tells you a lot right It tells there. you a lot. The Dodgers are a perennial postseason club. He had a dead arm in game three. So you, it's understandable. A guy's going to blow a game. Okay, game three is kind of an important, pivotal game. It's the first game. It, oh, it's the first away it game. It sets the tone. It sets the tone. It was a pivotal game. All right, so he blew it. Fine. But he comes back game four, and this time, your manager. Now, in a way, of course, everybody blamed Kimbrell. Twitter lit up. Kimbrell this, Kimbrell that. Even even I had vitriol towards Craig Kimbrell. Right, and However, it's understandable because he's the guy actually on the mound. But right. why is he put on the mound right. in that because scenario? Because your manager had zero choice. Look, no, he had five, to go two, to this no, guy. 5-2 there, you're supposed to go to Michael Lorenz. And that's my I would have. Or, or Taiwan Walker. You got either one of those guys that I would have been fine Fine, handing the ball with a three-run lead in the eighth yes. inning to Taiwan Walker there. This is a guy you paid a lot of money to who didn't even get a chance to pitch really once in the whole postseason. Right. You know what? It could have been his moment. Instead, instead, Rob showed that he can be a little too stubborn for his own good. Yeah, I call times. it the Andy Reid syndrome. I know more than you. I know more than you. But That's then at what... the end of the day, it's got to do a better job. Yep, exactly. That's Andy Reid. So, yeah, and, and he, he hit me with that all season, but so he so he— he loses you game four, okay? Um, and now, granted, Kimball did have an all-star year, but Look, he, the guy, he had the a guy dead pitched, arm. He, he pitched great, but the bottom line is when you're playing 170-plus games right. and expected to perform at top-notch A1 level, right. and you're 38 or whatever it is, whatever he is. I mean, I, I, we say that we're 40 years old, but these guys right. are playing professional ball. Yeah. It's a whole different game. whole different thing. guys. Are, Not if, everybody's Jamie Moore. If we're in the league, we're senior citizens. It's, <laughs> it's wild to even comprehend that. Right. So... Your manager, okay, Rob Thompson, he he blows game four for you. Okay? He definitely did. He definitely did. So then, then you know, listen. And by the way, if you win game four, no it's one's talking about the bats over. going cold. Yeah, because we don't even Nobody. come back to the bank because they win in five at that point. Right. So, so the billion-dollar roster... They don't hit anymore. I'll tell you, though, and I told you on Twitter, I fully expected them to come home and win it in six. And I know you that's did. That's why initially last week I said, you know, Phil's in six feels about right because Diamondbacks it deserve did. some credit. Yeah. They deserve some credit. They it, swept right. the Dodgers. They swept the Brewers. I know these teams aren't the teams they were in the past, the Dodgers, meaning the Dodgers, but they, they, that's impressive. It is impressive. They came in hot, and you know what? We gave them an opening to get back into the series and yes. to save their lives, and they saved their lives. So the billion-dollar roster doesn't hit. The daycare guys who got you there, they didn't play well. Uh, so there's two turning points, okay? We, we just talked about the one that happened in Game 4 where your manager cost you. Let's talk about the main one. Now, I know the main one to a lot of people is Game 4, but for me, it is not. It is Game 7, bottom of the 6th, was it? 
when okay okay you you got two men on castellanos comes out he strikes out of course he does i i felt it i tweeted it i knew it was gonna happen it was he pretty did. pretty horrendous so, after game so what one. do they do they purposely unintentionally intentionally walk brandon marsh because they think that little of rojas that they know they can load the right. bases in a do or die game at that point you're supposed to put jake cave in the game absolutely so so what happens not not, not the bottom of the ninth to end the game. No, 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 no. That Jake Cave's supposed to be the batting right there. The bottom of the there. sixth in that moment, bases loaded. He's your guy right there. Your manager Because then you would, for, you would force Lavallo to change pitchers again if you put right. in Cave too. Your manager allows a guy who's O for the postseason to come in and nobody's scared of him. He's outmatched, overmatched. He's completely amateur hour, quite frankly, I think he should start the year in AAA. He probably should, but he, he was hitting 300 in the regular season for what it's worth. I, I, I felt this way, and then I heard Ben Davis uh, the other day confirm it. He confirmed everything I was thinking, that he needs to start in AAA because he was exposed. He took it a step further than I even thought, but he's absolutely right that Rojas was exposed as the player he currently is. He needs to go back. He needs to learn some fundamentals like bunting and and, and really start to learn what pro hit is about sure and yeah. and then come he back was adjusted up. to he was adjusted to effect absolutely early That's what happened early yeah. after game one to be quite honest I mean, in general because he he was hitting 300 after a significant right. amount of a bat and they and they saw that and they kind of picked up where the braves left off because the braves were kind of like you know shutting him down he was doing nothing all postseason right. and, and but it's not really on a guy like that because no that guy's it's just a role not player. i can't blame rojas he's he's he's, he's a role player yeah he's he looks like he's he's 85 pounds soaking wet the guy he looks like an infant at the plate. He's completely you know, overmatched. I, Bryce Harper missed the game. Well, it probably would have been the game winner in Game Seven by like a millimeter or two on the back. Yeah, you know, but it's pretty wild to but say. But this game, that pivotal moment, that was a game-changing moment, either for the good or the bad. Bases loaded. The odds of you getting that another opportunity like that, where you could either bring in the tying run if you put Pache, you can get a walk, right. or you can knock in and a couple runs, take the lead with a pro hitter like Cave, or or just about anybody else, anybody yeah, else, Absolutely. Sosa, right. anybody else to the plate. I hear you, honestly. I, I totally agree. And, and, and those were game changing moments, and and that really those are those are the those are the situations. That lose you a NLCS, and we watched our worst fears, our worst nightmare happen. Yeah, you know we when you're when you're up two zero to ha- to have to lose four out of five after you are on a record setting run scoring pace. Yeah, and everybody seems to be clicking and and laughing and happy to just all of a sudden see what what that does. And I always talk about trajectory and intangibles. It's kind of what I talk about all year. And oh, yeah. until they prove me wrong with this NLCS loss, I've by and large been right about the Phils the last 24 months. But they proved me wrong in that I overestimated Tech their level of intangible capability in that moment of adrenaline when it's really, truly do or die. Right. That is where the difference is. For whatever reason, yeah, I saw you tweet like there's six outs left, and they'll find a way. They because you know what? And because I'm I thought like, I thought the, the like odds I, were more so on the fact that I home know, down by that many runs that I, they're going to actually do it. I know you well enough to know you're not a delusional thinker. It just felt like a delusional thought in that moment when I when I had saw well, I had already seen the end because it was the only series. two runs at that point. But I, had all, I felt like after that bases loaded moment, your manager allowed Rojas to even step to the plate and attempt, attempt an at-bat. I knew. I knew the series was over. And quite frankly, I got the feeling the series was over. Even though he was good, as soon as Zach Wheeler headed to the mound, that is desperation. Arizona quietly, very silently celebrated when Zach Wheeler was running out well, to he, the mound. They, they knew it was run, though. Didn't matter. Yeah. They knew that this was a desperation move that they knew pitching-wise that they kind of had the Phillies right where they wanted them. They hit him with sweeper after sweeper. They knew that all the big bats were going to chase, and they did. Right. And and that was their game plan yeah. to not give anything, to give these guys the, the pitches that we know they're gonna they're gonna whiff at. They, they're gonna take swings Absolutely. at these pitches, and 
at the same time, make it so that they have to go to their ace pitcher. Let them bring him in. As soon as the, he comes in, it is over. Yeah, it, look, it, it's I mean, like it's like a hail was, mary. It's going to go down again as the worst uh, postseason loss in their modern history. Yeah, because technically, 1964 wasn't even a postseason loss. That was a time in baseball when there was no quote playoffs. There was first place in the National League and first place in the American League played in the World Series. So they just took second place that year. It wasn't even a postseason endeavor. Right. It was a whole different sport back then. Absolutely. In 1977, they were they won 100 games, and they lost in the NLCS to the Dodgers, but they lost in four games, and it was different. It was not a seven-game series. Yeah. It was way different. In 1983, they lost the World Series, but they, they got to the World Series. At least they won a pennant. Yeah. This year, they're doing celebrations, and you, they know, you didn't do, even win you the two celebrations. There's no, there's no division title. There's no pennant. There's no flag. No. When we look back, what did we we celebrate. We celebrated advancing to what? To the worst collapse in team history. Absolutely, we did. And that's a, and, and, let's close the book on the twenty twenty three Phillies. We have to, and and um, it's like to me, it's it's as bad as when the Sixers lost to the Hawks in that series. Uh, you lose to an inferior team that you're that everyone in the world knows you're supposed it's to. It's a good it's a good comparison. Difference being, the Phillies actually had a chance to win. Yeah, it there's all. no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. A good um, chance to win it. I'm all. not excited about next year or spring training or even talking about it. Well, um, I kind of am only because most of these guys are coming back. And guess what, Tech? They're going to win probably 95 to 100 games. Maybe next year. they're going to have to make some changes. I'm not 100 percent sure what those changes look like. You need to shut down closer. You can count on Dombrowski already uh, hinted to the fact that he's not going. But to Look, what, what you, what you can understand, cl- though, closer. we're in, we're officially now, which is exciting, Tech, into a new era of Phillies baseball, where when you go back to, say, 2013, 2014, 2015, what did we know that was? We knew to go into the season, all right, this is a rebuilding year, we got a bunch of guys, we'll see what sticks, and it was like that from, like, 2013 till last year. Well, I'll tell you what. That's this, not that anymore. What it is now this, is this team is going back to the playoffs This game seven was a legacy game for, you know, a guy like Bryce Harper, and, and, it, and, and the fact that he lost makes it even more more imperative that next season is a legacy season for yeah, Bryce Harper. They're not going they're not going anywhere. These guys are gonna come back and they're gonna play hard and they're gonna win a lot of baseball games. And you know what? A year from now, Tech, we're probably gonna be having a similar conversation. It could be about these guys actually going back. That's how good of a team they are. They just had a, a, a tough game six and game seven, and for whatever reason, the adrenaline got the best of them, not the vice versa, which usually at home, it's yeah. vice versa usually. Yeah. Usually they use that adrenaline at home, and that's what I was betting on. Just a joke. It is. It is. Uh, we shut the door on the Phil's Closed. 2023 season. Good we night. opened the door for the Sixers. Uh, I'm not excited. I know you're not. I'm, um, not, I'm four out of ten. I, I watched this game last night, and if you don't tell me that uh, Doc Rivers isn't the head coach anymore, I can't tell the difference. It looks It's the exact same team. Yeah, it's nothing special. I mean, you know, we, we talked about this uh, briefly throughout the summer. But now, I, I last night I got to see a little bit. I, Kelly Oubre is pretty good yeah, off the bench. they were never in the game last night. Th- I mean, t- Well, for moments. But here's, here's the thing, right? Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey has until Christmas to take the all-star leap. If he does not, this is a failure, a massive failure from an organization who's built right. on failure. Right. And and you had an opportunity for two straight off seasons to move a really great kid, you decent did. player, you great did. kid. You had an opportunity to move him two years in a well, row. I don't think they should for have, a though. superstar. Maybe, maybe. I mean, you did. You could have moved him for Lillard. You could have moved him for any number of players. Yeah, they probably could have packaged him. Absolutely. They they deemed him untouchable two straight years. Foolish. Unless he takes some gargantuan all-star level leap by Christmas, which is what it's going to take. You have until Christmas. After that, the book's written on yeah, your season. Yeah, I mean, basically, Maxie has a lot to prove, and he's got a lot in his back, and the fact that it's a clown show down there doesn't it help. It totally is. It's totally an absolute clown show. Clown show. All right, we'll talk to our boy TK, Tom Kelly, from 94 WIP on the Vet Line. But first, brought to you by Fairless Hills Academy of Music, it's time for a Vet Fact. This is a Vet Fact. Well, Tech, as we know, we closed the book on the 2023 Phillies and on Phillies Vet Facts. Henceforth, (laughs) until spring, it will solely be Bird's Vet Facts and exactly... 38 years ago today, October 27, 1985, the Birds would enter the fourth quarter, trailing the Buffalo Bills 17-0 tech. It had to be a somber atmosphere inside the vet that day. (laughs) Fourth quarter starts. Ron Jaworski promptly leads the Birds down the field. 
and and runs runs it in for three yards. Jaws with the <laughs> rushing TD. Wes Hopkins then with a pick six. Wes! Now you're right back in it. And Mike Quick puts the icing on the cake Woo! with a 32-yard catch from Jaws to seal the deal as the Birds would go on to come back and score 21 unanswered in the fourth quarter and go. defeat the Buffalo Bills by a score of 21-0. Yes! A young Andre Reed was on this team Ooh. for Buffalo and had a touch, got into the end zone. Jim Kelly was not yet on the Bills, and uh, <laughs> nor was Thurman Thomas. So for oh, those wow. 90s Bills teams, the only player you really had on the offensive side, it looks like, was Andre Reed. On the Bird side, you obviously had Jaws, Mike Quick, guys like Kenny Jackson, John Spagnola. And the defense actually did its thing, too. Not only the Wes Hopkins pick, but you had uh, the Evan Cooper interception and Reggie White, the minister of defense, getting into the backfield, recording a sack when it mattered most as the Birds on October 27th, 1985, the Marty McFly back to the future year, would defeat the Buffalo Bills and climb to 4-4 by a score of 21-17. There it is. The Birds prem. I'm excited. I'm pretty, pretty excited. And one with their best win of the year against the Dolphins. But less than 24 hours later, they trade for all pro safety Kevin Byard. This was a big time Howie move. It really was. He understands what it's going to take to beat a Kansas City or a Buffalo or a Cincinnati or a Baltimore in a Super Bowl. And it will be one of those four teams. Oh, yeah. If you're going to win a Super Bowl, you need to have a secondary that is undeniably good. Yeah. And Kevin Byard makes this secondary immediately one of the best in football. And, and look, uh, Sidney Brown, he played well. He did. I like to say he flies around. But Reed Blankenship will be back this week. And you, you're, you're partnering Reed, who's been great. He's going to be so much better Byard. having a guy like Byard next to him. Absolutely. He's playing with an all-pro now. And, and by the way, they trained together in the offseason because they, I believe they, they have the same alma they mater. They both went to Middle Tennessee years. State. They both, yes. Isn't that amazing? They didn't know each other then. Right. But they, right. they've trained together. They trained in the offseason. They know each other. Reed Blankenship um, was on record of saying before this that he looked up to several guys and Kevin Byard was one of the main guys he looked up to. Yeah. So for him to have him now as a teammate is is huge. Now life is life is truly uh, remarkable sometimes the way things go full circle. Right. Like look guys. at AJ and, and getting Julio Jones yeah. with him now. Right. So right. That's, and he had a catch by the way. <laughs> yeah. And well, I think before the season started, when we did our show, our, our season preview, we both had six and one. I believe at this point, you might have had five and two. Yes. Now, now this this brings me to what I was going to get to about the trajectory. See, now you you had a potentially catastrophic loss wiped off the board because you lost right. the Jets you weren't supposed to. You were allowed to lose the Dolphins. I we had, ex- this. We expected I had that. this as a loss. So I had this as a blowout loss. Tomato, tomato, whatever. Right. So, so now that's it. That's it. You're right the back on schedule. trajectory back on track. You take care of business. And you got all pro safety. Right. You take care of business on Sunday against Washington. Um, and Howie might not be done, by the I way. Don't think so he is. another he move could here. come by Tuesday. Yeah. Then you got that. Da- by the way, it's not only trade deadline week, it's Dallas week. Ooh, you got man. Dallas coming into town. If you can handle business against Dallas at home, you're going into the, uh, the, tough the break. The tough you're stretch. going into the bye week, the break. Eight and, one, Eight and one in tremendous shape because right. because I now see it like, okay, look, I see what the 49ers did. They lost to the Vikings. They lost to the Browns. I had that pick. I had the Niners losing to the Vikings. And Brock could be out for a week or two now. I, I think they lose to the Bengals this weekend. The Bengals are on a trajectory now of getting better quickly every single week. Right. So now we have those factors in play. You look at where the Eagles are at. You, they come out of the bye week. Yeah, they have a tough stretch. But let me tell you what: you can lose a couple. They, they, you, can lose you, a couple. you can lose they're more not, than a couple. They're not conference games. They are okay, and I I don't ever I don't want them to do this. I don't project them to do this. But you're okay to go four and four in that second half because I absolutely feel at this moment. Now this this is all subject to change, right? But trajectory wise. I 12, feel 12 like 12 and 5 is fine. I feel like 12 and 5 not only wins you the division, it puts you in a great spot Absolutely. for that one seat, that especially it, yeah. if you're able to handle the 49ers at home. Which I think then we you will. have the tiebreaker. They're not that scary. They're not as scary as See what it the is. Bills the Bills aren't that scary. Media, the national and the media tried to make that scary. them. No, these teams are not as scary and tough as they, as they initially not as we thought. were no. made to be and the national media tries to make it that way because these are like the darlings 
yeah. of, of the now, media. They could still go four and four. I mean, look, they could, they could, they could, uh, they're going to split with Dallas. And they, I'll tell you what, they're going to beat one of the two. They're going to beat Casey yeah, or Buffalo. They're going to win one of those they're gonna two. They're going to win one or two of those games we think they're going to lose. And they could drop one, another one like the Jets game that we think they would win. Like they could drop one to Seattle. They could go up against Gannon and think that they got that because Arizona sucks. And they could go in and just like Washington, drop that game. We don't know. They right. could drop a game or two that we're not seeing coming. And it always it's happens. Okay. It happens in football. You can go four and four in that second half if if you go into the stretch eight and one. If you go into that exactly. bye week, you're fine. And then if and then at the end, if you don't go four and four, if you go five and three, then you're for you're sure in the tremendous one shape. You're you are sure you are repeating. You're going. You're going to do what you did last year and possibly win the go to the bowl. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't want to say that because I thought no, the Phillies were going to win all the way. Right now, I my, thought they were going to win the whole thing. My expect well, so did I. My expectation is that the Eagles are winning the Super Bowl this year, Tech. Really? That's where I'm at with it, yeah. You added a Pro Bowl safety. That was the only hole, really, on this team. Sure, you have a few other holes here and there. Of course, every football team does. But by and large, you look top to bottom with the way the offense is honestly just going to get better and better, and Jalen's going to get tighter and tighter with his play. I mean, it's just going to happen. You can see it happening already. These guys are going to just get better and better. Julio's going to get more and more integrated. The run game is phenomenal. Uh, the defense now on the back end is going to have guys you can leave. And by your, the way, now you can leave those corners on true islands now, Tech. You couldn't do that before. Now they they might still be looking for a corner, and they might still be looking for a running back. I hope they are. So give me more. So here's here's a guy, a name that I found interesting. Uh, he's a he's a corner, and it seems like Howie a Howie Roseman deal. It's he's got Howie Roseman written all over him. Uh, his name is Jalen Johnson, 24 years old. He's a Chicago Bear corner. Okay. And he's he's really good. He had two picks last week. Okay. Like he's, he's a good young player who's on the last well, they, year. Well, they, they, played, they played the Raiders who had. Uh, right. Well, okay. I, I even, take that into even consideration. Know who the quarterback was? No, I don't even know. <laughs> who, who, is that? who is I don't even know either. It, it, does, it, does it matter really to the wasn't, Raiders? It wasn't a good quarterback. No, it couldn't have been. Because Garoppolo, <laughs> I don't even think I'm Garoppolo not trying to rain on your parade here about your, your no, guy. No, but, but I'm just saying this kid, he's a really good young player. He's on the last year of his rookie deal. And it just screams Howie Roseman. It it's, it's almost yeah. like another CJGJ kind of kid okay, okay. who's right. like I said, 24 years old. He, he could be the future at one of your well, outside and, corner and, spots. And to be honest, the Bears do have a rather good track record for many years of drafting uh, defensive backs. So this is why I look at this kid, I'm like, whoa, Howie, Howie might might you get on the phone and see what's up with this kid now? now did you hear this, or you're just kind of spitballing a name? I'm I'm spitballing. I, I I watched different shows and I've heard his name. Okay, and I looked it up and I looked at what he did this season you so did some, far. Did some due diligence. Yeah, I did due diligence after I heard his name and I and I looked at his contract situation. I'm like, yo, this guy fits the mold Taylor perfectly. Made. Taylor of made a Howie, Howie deal. Move. Yeah, because I, six I, round pick. Let's go. I have to be completely honest. I wasn't so up to speed on who CJ GJ was until we traded you know, for him. I, I wasn't either. I knew he had uh, made some waves. As soon as I did the, uh, my due diligence, literally minutes after that deal was done, I started doing my research. I'm like, yo, this kid, this kid can play. Yeah, yeah and he's yeah. young and he's yeah. like a Howie special and this kid, uh, this Jalen Johnson is another kind of Howie special. How he's great like, is it going to be when the Eagles knock off the Lions at the link for the NFC Championship? You think the Lions G- are going to the NFC Championship? Probably. Really? Yeah, probably. Because I, I got news for you. I think it could actually be Dallas, I even think, though I think they stay. I think in the playoffs, the Lions might even beat a team like San Francisco. I, it, I don't I don't, I don't know. Something I'm not about San Francisco. Out, I'm not even counting out San Francisco yet. No, but I think Detroit is going to play in the NFC Championship game this year. Because, by the way, I do. I really two weeks that. in a row. As a, as a better. Right. I think they are going to get to the NFC Championship game. San Francisco was out, um, was without Debo Samuel and uh, with Tr- Trent Williams. Which is huge. Huge, but but Brock Purdy is not. There. If they're in the game, that makes a difference. It does make a big difference. It makes a difference. You know the numbers with Debo Samuel out of the lineup versus in the lineup for Brock Purdy are are remarkably different. <laughs> he's not he's not even a good quarterback when Debo's out, which says a lot. It's that crazy. says a lot now because Debo is just a, he's a run after the catch guy, so it makes I, sense. I would hate to see a lot of them yards are. I, I think Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback, and I I would hate to see Jalen Hurts without AJ Brown or 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 Devontae yeah, on the field. Can you imagine Jalen on the Niners though? Uh, n- no, I can't. I can't. But I'm saying like the way that offense would be, how good that offense would be. Oh, the, oh, if Jalen was on the 49ers, I, I mean, I would hate to see it with that personnel. Yeah, but oh my god, oh, you kidding me? Yeah, they'd be unstoppable with CMC. And behind by the way, them. CMC, all you have to do every play. 
with Jalen and CMC in the same field. Oh my god! It's just run CMC and run Jalen to the right. I was not <laughs> blown away by what I saw from Tua. I was not blown nah, away Tua by looked, him. He looked very overwhelmed. He wasn't impressed he at all by him. Well, we were. Our defense was remarkably active. I don't want to call him a fraud, but he's one of these guys who just throws it up, and then he's got the speed to when just go get it, like Tyreek Hill. Yeah, when you have those guys, you just can throw behind the D backs, and, and Tyreek Hill's going to go get it. But you know what? When a team like the Birds, which can take away their top ranked run game, is on the field, that's why Tua hits all these plays because they've been a number one rushing attack all year. So right. what they've been doing is Mostert and this Devon A. Shane kid before he got hurt. Yeah. They're breaking off big runs in the first quarter, second quarter. Them linebackers and them safeties have to cheat down a little bit and then it's right. immediately curtains because right. you can't stop the the wideouts. And this is the way we play defense too, and even though our defense played great. Our defense gives up intermediate passes. We let it happen. They do. We give up those. And the deep ends. I don't see Tua, at least I didn't this week. I mean, this was my first time really watching every snap of Tua and seeing him up close and personal. And I didn't see any of threading of the needle, any of those tight windows. He made windows. a couple nice throws, though. He there did. There were even some nice throws. He made a couple nice throws. I, like, I saw Jalen Hurts make three or four tight window, needle threading kind of throws. Jalen Hurts is an MVP caliber quarterback. And he does that every week. There's at least, Even when they lost against Washington, there was a couple throws in that game that were like, Jesus Here you Christ. go, Tech. Here you go. Jalen is an MVP caliber quarterback. Tua is an MVP caliber performer. Ah, you see what I'm doing there? Yeah, but not 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 against us. He wasn't. No, but he he in general he is a very high caliber performer. Uh, but I wouldn't give him top caliber quarterback status yet. Washington, it's in Washington. They typically play uh, better. They they seem to play Washington better in Washington than 16. they do at home. Yeah, thirty to sixteen. Is that where you see it? So you see this being different than the last double game where they kind of handle them. This is double digit victory. You sure about I think, that? I think the BS and the drama is done for the birds. I think that they, the first seven weeks, now we're 6-1. and one, We saw that they won some games that we did with their B game and their C game. I think now you're going to get A and B games from here on I'm out. Not, I'm not far You're getting A and B games from here on from out. From you, I actually see more of a 27-13 kind of game. Yeah, something in that range. I mean, you know, I we do, pick numbers, I do see that. I don't see this like 24-20. Like I heard that a lot. Yeah, I don't see that. I think they have to kick three field goals and they punch it in once, maybe early. Maybe they go up 7 nothing on us again. Because they tend maybe. To, early in they the game, teams tend to do that against yeah, us. Yeah, they and, tend and, to. Whatever, whatever, because we know Jalen's playing four quarters and he's hard to stop. And the defense will make adjustments. This defense has been making adjustments. They'll make adjustments. They will. They, they, it, they might the, shut them out in the second I'm half. I'm cussing them out in the first half. And right. in the second half, right. the defense. It, the size has been impressive. I mean, look, we were we were wondering what this guy's going to be. This guy knows how to coach a defense. Yeah, and he just knows what he's finally, doing. Finally, Hassan Reddick. He, he yeah, they know, he knows what he's seeing. See, the side, he he's using his guys in the right way, and it, it makes me happy to see it. And now, now, his defense is going to look on the field exactly like he draws it up because he's got a caliber, uh, all pro caliber safety back there. It's it's really exciting to think about. They're going to Sam Howell. I know these guys are playing for the first time this week, but their football IQ, all those guys in the secondary, is so high. Yeah, and they, and and Byard even said, I've you know I've known Slam Bradbury for years. He's my right. guys like. He said guys, he said he watched him from afar. This is and now like he's Legos, be, man. Yeah. This is like Legos, man. These guys are going to get out there, and I got a feeling they could. T- Sam Howell could have like a horrible day. He said he loves the fact that he's got two vets like that to come in here with and like get them up to speed on the playbook quick. Yeah, because these guys are not, these are smart guys. They're probably right yeah. now all sitting together at a table right now. You know what the best part about Bayard is though? And we'll talk about this more next week. Bayard is the Dak killer. And he's a West Philly guy. He's a West Philly guy oh, and he's man. a Dak Prescott killer. Yeah, it's phenomenal. He, he kills Dak That's notoriously. Right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on that next week when it's Dallas week. Uh, my but... crystal ball is declouding a little bit right here. Yeah. And, and that 425 kickoff on Sunday, November 5th, which, by the way, I will be DJing at Live Casino from 1230 to 3.30 p.m. with Philly Sports Trips and Hollis Thomas. Come check us out. There it is. Set up right in the valet section. I'm blasting all your favorite hits. I'm going to go rock heavy and, and blues rock heavy this week for the Cowboys. Oh, there. <laughs> November 5th. Anyway, that's a side note, little shameless plug hey, there. there Got to do it. Got to let him know where, where, where we're at. I see Bayard. I see Bayard picking off Dak in that game. That, I, that would be. I see it happening. Fantastic. Probably in like the fourth quarter too to seal the deal. All right. We'll talk to our boy TK about it. Tom TK. Kelly from ninety four WIP. He's on the vet line. Coming up next. Vet alumni. 
And now, it's the Vet Line. Why don't you answer your phone? Joined now on the Vet Line by Tom Kelly, a.k.a. TK94WIP on air host. TK, welcome back to the Vet Line. What's up, guys? How you How you been doing? Uh, we've had better days. Yeah. <laughs> I think we, yeah, I think we've all had better days and uh, better weeks, I guess, than this week's than this week is going. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's a funeral for the 2023 Phils. I've been rocking the black Phillies cap uh, since that horrendous Game Seven. Um, looking back at the series, there's many points in the series that you could point to and say, "Oh, that's why the Phillies eventually lost." What is the most pivotal moment to you? And pick a game where you felt that the tide had kind of officially psychologically turned. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, obviously there are a lot of moments. And, and <laughs> I, a lot of people will point the game six and seven in the offense struggling. And I totally get that. And the, those guys need to perform better. But I can't get over game four. Yeah, I, I really I know. can't get I over <laughs> that. That's the point to me that I just, I can't get over it. It's, it's very, very frustrating when you see where the Phillies were at that point. Um, and to have a 5-3 lead in the eighth inning and for Rob Thompson to go back to Craig Kimbrell again. Mind-blowing. I, wow. I mean, the vast majority of us all knew how that was going to go. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just thought it was a huge mistake. And to me, that that's where the series really changed. And the Phillies came back. They won game five. But that, to me, was the point where you, you started to get concerned maybe this wasn't going to be as easy as we thought it was going to be. Yeah, that's we, we are on the same page uh, with that. That <laughs> really is the pivotal point. If you go up 3-1, I mean, it's all she wrote. It's curtains at that point. Yeah. Pretty much uh, in any series, unless you're—what what was it? The Red Sox came back down 3-0. Uh, yeah, from, from the uh, the uh, the Yankees, they did it to the Yankees. It's just so rare in baseball history. Um, all right, Aaron Nola, Reese Hoskins, both back, one back. Do you want either back or neither back? Yeah, I mean, I, I look at it. I, I would take Nola back at the right price. Um, but if I'm the Phillies front office, like my priority is, is keeping Wheeler here long term. Oh, like that's be. what you got to do. He's going in the final year of his deal, and just when you look at the the financial aspect of it, like. If you're bringing both those guys back long term, you're talking about close to half a billion dollars. You know, I don't think that's going to be feasible even for John Middleton. So the reality is, I think they're both gone. Um, but if 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 I could keep Noel at the right price, I would. As far as Hoskins goes, I just think he's got to go. I think Bryce Harper is going to be your first baseman yeah. moving forward. There's not a place for him to play. Uh, so it's really unfortunate for him the way this all went down, the injury going into a contract here, but. Um, I take Noah back, but the reality is, I think they're both going to be gone. Mm, I I agree with you. I think so. Yeah, it, think so. Listen to Dombrowski uh, yesterday. I, I think the same. Yeah, thing. he didn't feel. I didn't feel any confidence from him saying he wasn't confident mm, about yeah, Nola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, though, he was very, very eloquent. Dombrowski. Yeah. I, I like I like listening to him talk about his baseball thoughts because I, I they resonate with me a lot of them. He he said some honest things. You got to give him credit for that. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Look, uh, TK bases loaded, two outs, do or die. <laughs> oh, do or oh, die. Goodness. Huge moment. Rojas comes up. TK, if you're the manager of this baseball team, are you <laughs> allowing him to bat in that spot? You know what? Of all the decisions of Rob Thompson to criticize in that series, I got to say that's the one that that I was somewhat okay with at the okay, time. Now, okay. really interesting. Looking, <laughs> looking, looking wow. back at it, well, I mean, it's basically like if you're going to go to to Jake Cave in that spot, like I don't feel great about him. Um, but you know, he is a he is a pro hitter, right? No, he yeah, is. He yeah, is. Yeah, and yeah. Rojas was struggling to to this degree now. Uh, again, Rob Thompson's explanation of it is what I didn't like. Is he said, yeah. "Well, if I pinch it with Jake Cave, they're going to bring in a lefty." So then I burn him, and I'm just pinching Roja or I'm pinching Pache after that. Right, it's like, what are you right. worried about losing? Yeah, Jake it's do Cave? or die. This right. is a do or die moment. Yeah. Well, so I mean- in retrospect, <laughs> in retrospect, that's what I would have done. I'd, I'd have uh, you know announced Cave as the hitter. They bring in a lefty, and then you pinch it, Ro- uh, pa- Pache at that point. Um, but at that at that stage in the game, I mean. Part of it was I was confident they were going to score more runs. I mean, if we knew that was going to be their last chance, I, I think it played a little bit differently. But see, I felt like as, it was going to be their last chance based I, on I, I what I right. seen. No, they're at, they're at home. I'm thinking, yeah, all right, you got five, six, seven, eight, nine. I mean, you're going to get so, you're going to get two runs. I didn't think two so. runs, guys. <laughs> I didn't yeah, see. No. 
I mean, it, I mean, uh, at that point though, it's only the fourth inning. You know, it's the fourth know. inning of the game. Was it the and fourth? It, I thought it was. Yeah, the no, it was the fourth. No, man. it felt it felt a lot later, and that's why when they're down like four two, it felt like it was seven to two. Okay, I thought but, it was yeah, six. yeah, yeah. It was the fourth? Okay. Yeah, but but just in general, I just had much more of an issue with Thompson and the bullpen than than the lineup. But hey, it's a, definitely a fair uh, fair criticism, and it blew up in his face. So Ugh. yeah, in retrospect, he definitely should have pinched it. That's mm. no doubt. Um, what move or moves could the Phillies make um, that would get you really excited, pumped, all in for mm, spring training? You want to be excited year? again? Yeah, uh, I want to be all in. Like I felt like when they after they signed Trey Turner, okay, it was like, okay, all yeah, right, yeah, let yeah, me yeah. go to the pro right. shop, let me buy my gear, let's get ready <laughs> for, the, for, for spring training. Well, like, what move or moves could they make mm. to get give you that feeling this this coming year? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's going to be tough. That's a great question because it's it's going to be really difficult to get me back to that point because I think you're right. I mean, yeah. you look at the Turner move from last year. That was the one that's like, okay, well, this is the piece that's going to put them over the top. This is like the perfect player for what they need. And that's the kind of the problem is I don't know what else they can really add to to you know make us feel like they're going to get over the top. It's basically like you're going to get back to the playoffs and you're going to have to prove you could do it in the playoffs. Um, but I don't know if they're a piece here away or a piece there away. I mean, honestly, you're going to need to strengthen the bullpen. If you lose Nola, you're going to have to bring in another starter. But I don't know if there is that splash move that will make us all really excited. And that's why this loss, it hurts so much. And to yeah. me, it's, it's so much more painful than last year. Like It's it just – It really is. Yeah. It's so because much worse. Because we expected because we expected them. If they went to this World Series, we expected them to win it. Or at least yeah. win the pennant. You know, right. Like, yeah. At least. Yeah. Ugh. No. To to me, this is worse than the Phillies last year. To me, this is worse than the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it is. It is. Uh, it is. Because, like, you in, at least there, you're losing a Patrick Mahomes yeah. and Andy Reid. And it's only and, a three point game. I mean, that's, that's it's right. a classic. The Phillies lost to the Diamondbacks. I mean, are right. you kidding me? Yeah. Losing the Diamondbacks. It's a, it's a terrible loss, and it's it's really a hard one to kind of to kind of move on from it and, yeah. and you, you know, ask just where do you go from here? It's really tough. Well, yeah. right now where I'm going to go from here is a general manager that does know how to make splash oh, moves yeah. that excites people. His name is Howie Roseman. Woo! And the addition of Kevin Byard, all pro safety with some Philadelphia roots, obviously a close homie of A.J. Brown. I mean, these guys are ready to win some football games. Yeah. Uh, what does the addition of Kevin Byard do for your expectations mm. of their playoff run? Well, I mean, I think it's, I think it's huge. I look at this team already and they're already loaded in the defense. The defense has been phenomenal this year. Like with the exception of the, of the Washington game. Right. right, um, right. Which is typical. It happens for years. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you're going to have these games where you don't play your best, but yeah, I mean the defense, defensive line is loaded uh, and adding Bayard in the secondary Mm. is huge. And, my my real only concern with the Eagles is just staying healthy. Healthy, you know, it's it. like. If, but if you make sure, you, and there's obviously nowhere to make sure, but if you can, if you end up keeping the majority of your team healthy, I mean, this team this team's absolutely loaded, and that is the only thing that can kind of you know bring you a little bit of uh, solace after that Phillies loss. But yeah, I mean, it, I think it's a great move, and and I I think Howie's going to look to do do other stuff too, and I can't wait to see what else he pulls out. Yeah, I, th- I think they do have maybe one more move. One uh, more. Up yeah. their sleeve. Uh, who who knows what it could be. So, obviously, a, a intriguing rematch, uh, so to speak, this Sunday with the Commanders. Uh, Sam Howe seems to look like John Elway against us and um, uh, a bad <laughs> Doug Flutie against everybody else. Um, do you expect that the Birds kind of win this game in a, in a more handily fashion? Because that's where I'm at with this one. Well, X and O wise, yes. Like, of course, you would think that from an X and O standpoint. But I don't know. I don't know how you guys are, but when like when the the energy is kind of headed a certain way, like I, I kind of worry about that. And the energy in this town is so bad right now that that concerns me more mm, than anything. It's that's like yeah, it's it just feels like things are going wrong. Qu- like, quantum. You, you know, worried about had, the quantum realm, right? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yes, we've had yes. this horrible week. It's like. It, I mean, it would be fitting it's for the bad, Eagles to man. go down to Washington and lose this week. I, I mean, honestly, I think they're going to win, but that that does kind of concern me a little bit. But uh, they should win this game. They should absolutely bounce back. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this is the game. They score 30 and they hold uh, Washington under 20. So that's what I think is going to happen one way or another. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I'd, I'd hope they're going to do that. <laughs> I, listen, I think, I think 
that they typically have really, whether they win or lose, have really close games at home against Washington. But they're actually statistically better on the road. They're better in Washington. I mean, last year in Washington, that was yeah. a runaway. Right. Th- there it is. My, my point exactly. All right. Jalen Hurts. My concern was after that game, he it wasn't the fact that he had the brace on or any of that. It was sort of like these unnecessary, weird post conferences that needlessly pointed it out, drew attention to it. Right. Uh, is there any concern on your end about Jalen Hurts? Uh, about his health? Yeah. Yeah. The knee. Yeah. yeah. Any of that? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, just because you could kind of tell Washington on Sunday night that he wasn't running right, that something was bothering him. Now, hey, it's good enough for him to go out there and play, and that's that's great. And, you know, I, I would imagine they wouldn't put him out there if they thought he was at risk of, of more significant injury. But, you know, you can tell something's bothering him right now. So, so it does worry me a little bit, but... Uh, if it's something they think they can manage, you know, you, you would hope that they're just able to do that and he'll be fine for the rest of the year. Because we all know, I mean, if he goes down for any significant period, they're they're in big time trouble. Yeah, well, Donovan played on a broken ankle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he didn't yeah. pop up on the injury report. So it, to me, it was like, you know, why are we bringing it up? Why are we making a point to bring it up, especially when the league is cracking down on all these things, when you don't report an injury or you're trying to hide an injury that may be worse than it is? I just felt like, what is, what are the, what, what's the point of even addressing these questions at the, at the press conferences? Well, this you know, week? they need something to talk about. I, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that, but I also think like, just watching the game on Sunday night, it was obvious. It was. It was. A little bit. dealing with something. Yeah, like, he, I mean, there that, was... that second half, though, he did look like Jalen. I mean, he made some power plays. That fourth and like three. Uh, TK, that fourth and three play, is that one of the best plays you've ever seen Jalen make? <laughs> I mean, oh, he, yeah, that's a, a that was ridiculous. That yeah, was ridiculous. that was a great play. Uh, under pressure, scrambling out to his right, finding A.J. Brown down the field. And, yeah, I mean, and that's why, in general, like, help aside, I think the – concern about the way Jalen has played early this season has been way overblown. I, like, I totally I have, agree. I have very few concerns about him at all. I mean, not everything is going to look great the entire year. Right, right. Um, yeah, and I think, like, the Jets game was bad. It was... I was the there for that one. <laughs> it was horrible. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. tough. A lot, yeah, people, I mean, a lot of people think the knee injury started in the Rams game, mm. where he, he made that great run, and he broke that tackle. It was, like, unbelievable, but he his knee buckled a little bit. A, a mm. lot of people think it could have happened on that play, mm. and it didn't affect him or keep him out. He, I was told that he, he didn't even have ice on his knee after that game uh, this, this on Sunday night. That he, he yeah. didn't even have ice on it. Well, that's because Jalen Hurts is uh, a tough man. Yeah. Well, he's a lot tougher yeah. than the average, yeah. average quarterback. 600-pound squatter is what he this, does. This guy is a monster. Yeah. All right, TK, before we let you go, after Washington, it's a pretty brutal stretch, as you know. Dallas, KC, Buffalo, San Francisco. <laughs> so I'm going to give you three options. One Got and it. three, two and two, three and one. Uh, I'll go two and two. That's, I think they that's go what two I and think. two. That's yeah. what I think. Me too. Okay, and if you go yeah. two and two there, then you come out of that. You still got another one with Dallas, which I st- I think you split with them either you, way. You split with them either yeah. way. Yeah, and then Probably. you're but then it, then it finishes out sweet. I mean, it, at Seattle's it, winnable. If you beat them at home and take care of business, Washington, you're eight and one. You allow yourself to go four and four after the bye week, right? And you're in great shape. I think this team finishes thirteen and four. Actually, I do. What do wow. you, TK? What do you think after Bayard? Because of Bayard. Okay. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably around thirteen, either thirteen and four, twelve and five. I'd lean toward thirteen and four. Yeah, and, I think so. And, wow. you know, and that's why that's why this game really is big coming up on Sunday. I know, you know, it because is, you, it is. you you look at that stretch and you don't want to give this one away. Like I think they, uh, I agree. I think they'll split with Dallas. I think they'll win the one here. You know, they always seem to struggle down there, so that could be a tough spot. But that's why if you can win this one, beat them next week, going in the bye, going in the bye eight and one. You leave yourself some leeway to struggle a little bit late in the season, and and the odds are that you will. You know, you're not going to go, you know, start to finish dominating every single team, and especially with that stretch, it's going to be really tough. So yeah, I, I think I think 13 and four at this point is is definitely reasonable with where they are right now. Wow, yes, sir, I love to hear that. Well, I mean, with Bayard, everything changes. 
Sunday night, the glaring thing to me that was so awesome, it was football. It was it was those Kelly Green jerseys. Seeing them, in, like, seeing them in the store and seeing oh. fans wear them, that's one thing. But to see it on the field again. It's remarkable. In, in games, like with players playing games. And in for them. them to win with defensive, yes. defensive dominance like those 90s teams did. And, and you know what? I felt like that win needed to happen wearing the Kelly Green because I don't know about UTK, but I feel like the future of it, they need to actually bring it back full time in, in the next coming years. I, well, you, I'll tell you what, man. You guys are talking to the wrong guy about this one. Oh, I'm a, oh I'm no. A, I'm a Kelly Green hater. I'm a Midnight Green guy all the way. That's the fair. Best wow. years, the best years of this organization's history are Midnight Green. You're not wrong. Andy we can Reed change era. that. All yeah. the years that I've grown up watching this team. Like, I was very young for the Kelly Green era. Look, but, me too. I mean, they they look good. They look good. You know, they, they, they're they a nice-looking uniform. <laughs> I love it. Don't move on from what works, man. The Midnight Green's working. Bring it back once or twice a year. I'm totally cool with that, but no permanent change. You heard it here first from Tom Kelly, 94 WIP. Burst in text bubble. Real quick, before we let you go, TK, I have to, I, I, I got to take it on a, on a tailspin of sorts. Oh, boy. The Sixers okay. started last night against oh. the Bucks. It was oh ridiculous. God. The Sixers are so <laughs> ridiculous. Now, when I think about the, faili- the Phillies and their organizational failure here, I look at the Sixers and I see an even more massive oh, organizational really failure. Uh, when you look at a guy like Tyrese Maxey, who I saw zero growth in, to be honest, looks like the same guy. I Do you agree? that it's it's Christmas. That's when you need to see an all-star leap between now and Christmas. You needed to see this guy take an all-star leap or it's an even bigger failure than we could have imagined. Well, I mean, I, I like Maxie. I think he is going to take yeah. a leap forward. But the problem is, like, the rest of the team stinks. Like, it's, it's Maxie, <laughs> it's Embiid. And then, like, I'm watching that game last night and it's like, I mean, you're running out there with Danny Green and Patrick oh. Beverly. Oh, it's a and joke. somehow... Somehow Tobias Harris is still on this team. I can't <laughs> I can't watch him anymore. Like it just drives me insane. Toby. So yeah, I mean like I, I like the top two guys and then Harden, whatever. They'll they'll figure out a place to trade him eventually. But yeah. I mean it's it's gonna be the same thing. They're gonna get but, in the playoffs. They're point, probably gonna win a round and yeah, then that's it. That's my it. point with Maxi, yeah. right? Is that you had two years in a row where you could have now look great kid. I like him as a player, decent player, not a star player, certainly not an all star player, at least yet. It, it, he's going into a critical year where he needs to take that leap to be an all star. And I just feel like you had back to back off seasons to move this kid for a current superstar, and you didn't do it. You deemed them untouchable. So that's why my clock is ticking for him. Yeah, the, the team stinks. They're on their own. Even <laughs> even Embiid could right. go. To be honest with you, I'm it's I'm tired. Tired we've of come this far. Yeah, yeah, I'm, t- I'm, yeah. T- I'm tired of Joe. But but it, I look at Maxi as the guy that you know you could have gotten a, a superstar for. One of them we saw them play against last night. Right. You you could have got a solid proven superstar, and you chose to deem Maxi hey, untouchable. This is well, because well, the owner doesn't care. No. Well, this, this is this is the problem. Like I don't agree with. I don't disagree with that. Like I would have traded Maxi. You could have gotten Lillard too. Yeah. But the problem is, like, I don't think Lillard or any of these stars are available. I don't think they want to come play here. No. So, like, that's part of the issue. <laughs> so sad. Like, true. if you're going to trade for a guy that's unhappy, like Lillard, he did. He didn't even really want to go to Milwaukee no. and kind of settle for that situation. Right. Mm. But it's like, but it's like you're going to trade for guys who don't want to come play here, and it's just, it's, it's. It's gotten so bad. It's gotten so frustrating. And I think we all know where it's headed. Like, Embiid's going to demand a trade. It's just a matter of when. He should. The clock is ticking. After he should. this year or next year. It's just, I'm just, they're, they're exhausting. They're yeah, really, I'm, I'm, really I'm, exhausting. I'm looking more towards the Flyers than I am the Sixers. And that's how sad yeah. it's gotten. Yeah, but you know what? I'm not really with the whole soccer thing yet. I can't get the, no, I can't forget get about the soccer. About soccer. Forget about, forget about I know everyone tries to, but it's I It's like the Philadelphia Wings. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, I just yeah. could never get with it. Right, right. Or the soul. The soul. Yeah, or the soul, right? The Bon Jovi team. Well, there yeah, you have yeah. it, folks. Tom <laughs> Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP, giving us his insight on three of the four sports. Yeah. As usual. TK, thanks for joining the show again. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. It's time for Prem's Picks. These games are a blowout, a human lock. You can bet your children's unborn children on these games. Prem's Picks 
is back. And what are we doing this week, Parlays? Well, you know, sometimes you have to reimagine segments and, you know, just doing the winners and the spreads. It's cool, but I tend to enjoy picking these parlay items. Touchdown right. scores, yards, receptions. And we're going to pick three items every week and see what hits. And All if right. you combine these, you win some serious money. All right, so uh, let's go with parlay number one. Here is your first item. Our guy, Devontae Smith, a.k.a. Skinny Batman, had one of the best games of his entire career in Washington. He did. Last year. Yeah. He's plus 250 to score a touchdown. That means if you bet $100 and he scores a touchdown, that pays you 250 back. That is a lock. I think he's going to easily get into the end zone this week because a lot of attention is going to be rolled to AJ, and they'll probably be thinking we're going to try to feature Julio. I think Devontae is going to have a very unique opportunity for some downfield grabs for six. Devontae, anytime touchdown score, put it in your parlay. Lock. Lock. Moving on to the next item, Tech. We're going to a very interesting matchup. Now, some people would say, why are you going to a matchup like this, but I'm taking a look at the Jets at the Giants. So it's a battle of two teams that their home stadium is going to be such a sucky game to watch. And I know we're going to see it on TV. I just know it. Well, here's what I can tell you. Okay. The under is 36 and a half points. All right. That means 18 to to 19 to 18. Okay. (laughs) 20 to 20 to 17 is what they're saying. I think that this is actually surprisingly the battle of the delusional fans by the way surprisingly going to hit the over I think really? it goes over I think that's a low number I think that <laughs> Tyrod Taylor leading that Giants offense is going to throw a pick six the Jets are going to get some extra points from their defense and then I could even see Zach Wilson or whoever's quarterbacking for the Jets right now probably Zach Wilson yeah. I could see him doing the same thing or fumbling some short fields for these teams yeah. and I think that they hit that number I think that both teams might even crack 20 in the low 20s, though. You know, 21, okay. 22, 23, something in that range. Maybe. I would give me the over. It's a lock, Tech. 36 and a half. <laughs> Jets at Giants in MetLife. Over 36 and a half. Lock. Lock. <laughs> Lastly, Tech, my last item of the day is involving a game with our, our most hated rival, the Dallas Cowboys, who are playing a game in Los Angeles. I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry. They're playing against Los Angeles in Dallas. The Rams are coming in as seven-point underdogs. I think there's a chance that Matt Stafford wins the game outright against Dallas. Oh, I don't know. I think it's possible. (laughs) I think that Los Angeles covers those seven points. They might not win, but you got to take that plus six-and-a-half tech. Dallas are frauds. They're going to show it again. Okay. Why they're frauds. And Matt Stafford on a fast track. He's been heating up a little bit here and there. I know that we beat them, but we're a way better team than Dallas. I think Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay go into Jerry World and cover plus six and a half. Maybe they lose by three or four. Wow. But it's a lock, Tech. Plus six and a half. Rams at Cowboys. Let's go. Lock. So to recap, we got Skinny Batman plus 250 anytime touchdown score in Washington against the Commanders. Lock. The Jets and the Giants. The battle of two teams that are both playing a home game somehow. <laughs> at the same stadium. Lock. Over 36 and a half, that's right. And lastly, Tech, <laughs> our, our most hated rival, <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. They might still win, but they're not covering seven, six and a half points. Okay. Rams plus six and a half at Dallas. Lock. Lock. There you have it, Tech. Prem's picks are back. Parlay locks every week for the duration of the season. All right. But there it is. Parlay locks through the rest of the season, you're saying. That's right. All right. All right. We're switching it up this season. Start We're giving a new you the A new counter on pick uh, percentage, percentile with this week. All right. You heard it. Hopefully, we are 7-1 when we do this again. Yes, sir. All right. See you next week. Vet Alumni. Alumni.